next time on Base Funk. A shift to chaotic neutral feels right. And Claudia and Robin kind of go sit down and they just kind of hold hands and live for the first time in who knows how long. I'm in charge of the skeletons! Oh, you've got the staff. Some of you call me Aurora. You're just, you're just simply the embodiment of guilt, aren't you? Once you have guilt on your shoulders, you can't get rid of guilt once you're carrying it. Other people can help get rid of it. If you could achieve peace with the guilt you carry, then you could take me with you. Your other option would be to simply remove that which binds me here. The spine that is, a, that is affixed within this barrier, it is what is pinning the spoken place. But I'm not leaving Ilium, and I also don't want Ganador to win. I'm going to look at them both and say, I've made my choice, and I'm going to leave. Is there a specific way that one must go through to internalize and reconcile with their guilds? The simulacrums are only missing one element. All they need is a little adjustment. I'm going to go see Wolf. And I lied to you. I tried to cover up the fact that someone that was a friend of yours I'd had to kill. I felt that it was the right thing to do. I felt it was the way to keep people safe. We ain't there now, but I I just need some time to think. I want to cast haste on myself. (laughs) Okay. And I want Zoe to run as quickly as she can to the sacrum. Wild magic time. Nine just says divine intervention. Yes! Oh, yeah, we're doing a podcast right now. Uh, last week ended on kind of a cliffhanger. We should probably not make our audience suffer any more waiting, huh? Well, I mean, can we just punt it to another week, you know? It wasn't that big of a deal. We just gloss over it. I don't even remember how it happened, you know? I mean, listen, it's just a little, like, what? A little divine intervention. That's just a small thing. None of this is salvageable. Hello, <laughs> welcome to Dicebug. That's how I start the show every week, right? Everyone's super familiar <laughs> with my sign-on. That's right. Jesus, this is already a disaster. So last week, <laughs> you guys found out the secret behind the campaign and the stakes were explained and everyone had a tough choice to make and then people started running off. It was huge and climactic, the longest non-postmortem episode we've ever done. And it killed me to edit and now I'm a ghost. So I'm also the first ghost DM in Dungeons and Dragons history, which is exciting. But more to the point, Zoe Legrand was running across the fields of Ilium when she used haste on herself so she she could get to the tower faster and that caused a wild magic roll which on my table was divine intervention so we have to pay that off now i guess um so there's a lot of people who had suggestions like on the comments and in the forums we talked about it on skype and stuff but in the middle of the week something came to me it was so obvious that i we i have to do it there's like no other way around it because there's a lot going on, obviously. Our show is kind of complicated. There's a lot of moving pieces. But one of the pieces, which I don't think we really addressed last week, was that Zoe told Gonador to shove it. <laughs> Unfortunately for Zoe, you are a level 6 sorcerer and a level 4 warlock. Mm-hmm. Which means near- nearly half of your character levels come from the fact that Gonador gives you power. Mm-hmm. Which means, although harsh, I think it's totally fair and probably mandatory that he revokes that from you 
So there's a version of this choice where you, in sticking to your principles, lose four character levels as your warlock powers go away. <laughs> However, divine intervention. Okay. So here's how I picture this scene. You cast haste on yourself and you run off towards the sacrum and you're just running, you know, as fast as your little legs will carry you. Mm -hmm. And suddenly uh, a beam of like pure heavenly light <laughs> comes down from the sky, like a stage spotlight. And you don't even notice that at first because you're just focused on running. You're going towards the big tower and you're, you've got stuff to do. You have places to go, people to talk to, but it's following you kind of spotlighting you as you run and you don't even notice until you start hearing lady nim scream inside of your sword as if in pain oh my i guess i should probably stop and see what that's about <laughs> I, you look down at your sword it's the black sword with the eyeball in it we've talked about before as kind of a soul caliber homage but right now it is cracking Along its surface, it's the the eye is kind of scabbing over parts that are flaking off, and you now realize you're kind of standing in this heavenly spotlight, which is being projected through the barrier, and your sword is basically crumbling in your hand as Lady Nim inside of it uh, howls in pain. See, I feel like I don't want to be dumb, but I feel like Zoe would try to, I mean, even though she just promised to, like, commit genocide on me, I think Zoe's kind of upset that Lady Nim has to go through pain right now, so I almost think she'd want to, like, throw the sword outside the light, but I don't think that's going to matter, really, at this point in the game. No, not really, because right now, you don't know what deity or deities is helping you, but basically what's happening is your sword is being purified of Gonador's magic and being replaced with a source of holy magic. So basically, you're, you will not lose four warlock levels. They will instead be kind of reflavored to be holy magic. So instead of throwing like an eldritch blast, it would be like a holy blast of some sort. So you'll still have the same magic. Your character sheet won't be affected, but the flavor of it is going to change as the outer Gonador-esque layer of the sword kind of flakes off and underneath is revealed a beautiful kind of holy sword can, can we just call it a keyblade yeah yeah that's exactly <laughs> we go back to this well a lot but it's basically a riku keyblade to a sora keyblade and i'm sorry that's just who i am you've heard the theme song the nightmare uh soul caliber sort of edge as well the sigfried and nightmare sort of edge as well so both of those are appropriate flavor directions i suppose yeah, I mean, cursed swords is a trope. <laughs> We're all grown up. So we've, we've seen how swords can be cursed and holy. And there's two things that I really want to explain with this um, divine intervention. Because the way I had thought about it when I put this on my table was, if you're in a fight, the divine intervention will win the fight. If you're trying to do something like unlock something, it'll unlock. It's basically whatever you're trying to do, you succeed as the gods help. Mm -hmm. But since you were just running, <laughs> there's not really anything they can do except to make you run extra fast which... they put like a little sonic speed boost onto the ground of ilium yeah <laughs> yeah we put down some so sonic the hedgehog loop-de-loops the theme song to zoe's video game just plays um just really fast at, at a higher pitch you know standard divide intervention things what the gods are actually intervening on is that you were about to lose four character levels. And so that doesn't happen. And also on top of that, your sword is now radiant damage based, which in some campaigns is meaningless. <laughs> we don't really talk about it a lot, but like damage types are a thing, but we don't do a lot of combat on the show, but it just so happens this season, 
uh, most of the enemies are skeletons, ghosts, zombies, <laughs> devils. Uh, so a lot of those things are weak to radiant damage. So it, it actually is, strangely enough, pretty relevant for that. But now your your sword no longer has Lady Nim inside of it, which means Gondor is no longer following you every step of the way throughout your rest of your life. Uh, and you haven't lost your magic, which I think is pretty good, all things considered. I think that's a, pr- a pretty helpful intervention if i do say so myself yeah i mean uh, if they had just put like speed boost lines on the ground that'd have been pretty sweet too but this is also (laughs) a pretty good alternative uh i guess the question is is it possible for zoe to infer what influence her sword is connected to now or zoe could make a religion check that's gonna go great it's not like there's sky riding that's like (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) tear I rolled an 11, which is not good, but is surprisingly good for Zoe. 11's above average, so I would say the the obvious things are it's a good deity or deities. It's someone who wants you to succeed in your mission, which is to protect the town as it is, to retain the status quo, which means you probably think it's the deities involved with the spine. If you recall, it has holy symbols all over it. So you assume it's kind of like those guys. Because right now, remember... The actual knowledge of what Aurora is, is extremely limited. It's the the avant-garde and like a dozen gods are the only beings in all of existence that even know what it is. Mm. Yeah, not not even Light understands what it is at the moment. Yeah, you guys you guys have seen a, a scene with an archdevil who didn't know what it is. And it's been remarked to you before that nobody in heaven or hell knows. It's like, except for a secret enclave of a couple gods, so... A secret enclave of gods, and then, like, the bumbling group of five (laughs) people that somehow stumbled into it. (laughs) And our heroes, which is what makes you special and why the story is about you. (laughs) Um. So, yeah, it's it's probably them. They probably got together. You don't know who all, but they saw you run in and they knew that Gondor was about to smush you like a bug and Mm. they don't want to come in here to fight him and get trapped. So this is their, you know, they don't intervene often and not very directly, but this is very much their jam. Enchant a sword. Yeah. That's, that's a thing gods do. They're like, here you go. Here, here's the ultimate keyblade. Yep. Yep. You assume Lady Nim's essence is still inside Gondor wherever he is. Uh, so it's not like she's gone forever necessarily, but she's no longer tied to you because she was going to spy on you, basically, no matter what you did and report back. So that's also a kind of a fringe benefit. I, I suppose another benefit is now you don't need to worry about touching someone with the sword and their soul being absorbed into the blade. You know, I'm pro- she's probably just going to not do that anyway, just to be safe. I mean, it probably won't happen again, but... Oh no, you accidentally absorbed someone into the good sword <laughs> Corellan has a new friend Illmater's power grows <laughs> all right our show is very good so i assume you take off running towards the sacrum yeah so i didn't state what zoe was running off for last week uh zoe is running as fast as she can to get to the sacrum because she wants to get there before alice goes and steps inside the mirror Oh, I thought you wanted to burst in and say, I object. (laughs) Like a wedding thing or like a Phoenix Wright kind of thing? Both. A legal wedding. Okay. So I I break in. I'm in like a tuxedo, kick the door down and do the Phoenix Wright pose. Yeah. Hold it. (laughs) Or I pick one of the obscure side uh, 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 fucking uh, prosecutors and I'm just like, silence or whatever fucking Black Quill said. 
I think at some point this is going to morph into a Phoenix Wright fan cast. So hold on to your butts, everyone. I, I That's what I assume season four is going to be. It's the Phoenix Wright D&D game. I'm sorry for everyone we've alienated. All right, you enter <laughs> the sacrum and inside you see Alice talking to Ward and Light. And they both turn and see you burst through the doors. You're vibrating <laughs> with haste. Sorry, Zoe is going to run straight towards Alice, and uh, she's just going to run up and give her a hug, basically. Uh, not like so fast that she's going to tackle her or anything yeah. like that. I don't want to break her or anything, but uh, <laughs> she's so close to her goal, and you accidentally <laughs> tackle, hug, murder her. I'm just like, oh, why? <laughs> I'm a monster. No, uh, Zoe just, she very clearly wanted to make sure this happened she wanted to make sure she got to her before she went into the mirror <laughs> so you hug alice and she like takes a st- step back like in surprise as you kind of slam into her but she doesn't break and die <laughs> um and she says oh dear uh are you okay did you have one too many coffees this morning you're uh shaking a bit <laughs> yeah i think that goes away a little bit later or something i don't remember all the rules to haste off the top of my head right now but i needed to use it so i could get to you before you you went away I I wanted to make sure I I had the chance to say goodbye to you before you left. Oh, that's very sweet. Do you still feel bad about breaking in all those times? Yeah, (laughs) I I feel bad for a lot of things. And I guess that's kind of important, all things considered right now. But um, more so, I I just wanted to say thanks before you went away. Because um, we maybe didn't spend a whole lot of time together. But there was one time where I was really at a low point and it really helped to have someone there i don't know i'm not i'm not good with this i don't know what it's like to have paternal figures <laughs> well that's that's very thoughtful of you to come say goodbye and I'm, I'm glad i could help in some way i didn't know that you had uh quite so much uh feelings like this it's i assumed that you you're the good guys right you and your friends uh you're all carrying an awful lot of angst <laughs> uh i don't you know, there's a lot of complicated questions. You're about to go into a mirror for all eternity with your love. You really don't need to be weighed down by all these sort of moral <laughs> things that are about to possibly come up. So, uh, I, you know, I, I just want to say thanks for for being there and for just being a, a really awesome person. And I hope you have a great time with Max. She ruffles your hair and she says, I, I never really uh, wanted kids, but if I had... I would have hoped they had turned out something like you. You're a sweet kid. Oh, God. She's going to be like, oh, hit the stone <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> oh, shucks. Uh, I said goodbye to uh, Roland and Theodora last night, but uh, tell your new friend hello and goodbye for me, too. We didn't really talk much, but she seemed nice. She is, and um, I'll do that. So goodbye, Alice. Goodbye, Zoe. I'm glad we got to talk one last time. And then I will tip my cowboy hat to Warden Light. (laughs) Uh, Warden Light uh, acknowledges you after a brief moment of stunned silence. He has no idea what's going on with any of you anymore. He's he's had such a week. (laughs) Every time he interacts with us, it's something different then. I know he's been ping ponging wildly between antagonist and confidant and gatekeeper and plot point, And he's just like, can we chill for a minute? 
Got the season finale of 24 sitting on my DVR. I've never been able to watch it. <laughs> trying to find the time. It's 24, really? I thought it'd be more uh, touched by an angel. Oh. Uh, well, see, no, he wouldn't want to watch the shows that like are about him, you know? Yeah, it's escapist fiction. So is he really into Constantine? Yeah, he's like Sons of Anarchy and Lucifer and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> Supernatural. He's a big Supernatural fan. <laughs> he loves it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to go off on a whole other media tangent for a minute there. Um, Commentary. <laughs> yeah. Alice breaks in and she says, I guess it's time to go die now. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> You're not dying. You're moving on. <laughs> I know. I just levity, Zoe, levity. It's important. One last lesson. You're always just giving out advice. <laughs> Pearls before swine. I'm telling you, <laughs> skeletons don't learn anything. Oh, man, I'm so glad this conversation went this way, not the super sad way I was worried it would go. Um, with with her goodbyes said, I think Zoe is going to head back towards the avant-garde headquarters because she has uh, some things that she needs to do. <laughs> All right, so you bid farewell to Alice, and it's a bittersweet, but you guys share a moment and holding hands as you guys pull apart and Warden Light leads her behind the door and you are left alone. And then you kind of just turn around and walk off. I guess as haste probably wears off. I should probably cast it again then. You know, I got so much stuff to do. <laughs> Counter proposal. <laughs> Don't. Or I could, you're right. I could cast magic missile four times and get four of the magic rolls. Okay. So Veltari, what are you up to? <laughs> uh, so first thing I want to do is I want to head towards um, Tarsus. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed in anymore, but you okay. I'm I know I'm not allowed in there, at least like I'm not supposed to go in there, you know, in terms of like help and making sure Penny can save face. Mm-hmm. But I wanna go nearby and cast invisibility. Alright, I'm excited. Breaking the law, breaking, breaking the law. Breaking the law, breaking the law indeed. Um and I basically want to sneak my way into Tarsus and up to Penny and just see, is there anyone around up there other than Penny? <laughs> All right. So first, uh, roll stealth with advantage because you're invisible. Well, let's just make sure you don't bump into anything. Seven on the first. <laughs> let's hope the second is better. 21. That'll do. Yeah, that's very good. So you bump into somebody, but they turn and they see somebody else and they think that was probably the person who bumped into them and it's fine. You did a good job. You're invisible. You go upstairs. Uh, Penny is probably just chilling. Nobody's shopping right now and she just looks super cool. So she's probably like just chilling out, Max and relax and all cool when you walk in. Uh, so I'll make sure that the door is closed and then uninvisible myself to Penny and just be like, hey. Penny, no, I'm not supposed to be in Tarsus, but no one saw me come in. How are you? <laughs> okay. It's going to be one of those kind of episodes, huh? going to be one of those kind of episodes. We're going to see how this goes. <laughs> so, what, you back for round two? Do you know how hard it was to lift you? I'm like a tenth your size. I'm, I'm not looking to start any fights. I... <sighs> I want to get, like, one thing done and then get out of your hair, and I want to get this done nice and quick, hopefully, so that, you know, you can stay having saved face. Um, a while back, we made a trade. I went and got a necklace from, uh, from Wolf for you, and, uh, in exchange you gave me, you gave me a, uh, polymorphing mask. Uh, yeah, I, I, I recall. I want to trade back for that necklace, if that's possible. 
why? I mean, no skin off my nose, the polymorph mask is worth a lot more. It's just suspicious. You're right. The polymorph mask is worth a hell of a lot more. I don't want to go too long-winded here in case someone sees me up here and you have to throw me on the table again. That wouldn't be fun. But to make a long story short, there there are things that I should do to make things right with Wolf. And one of those is trying to get that pendant back to him if I can. I mean, I'd I'd love to trade back, but I don't have it anymore. I I always send all the the scrap metal and the gemstones and stuff over to the tower. Thanks for letting me know what's happened with the uh, the necklace, and I'll see what I can do. And thanks for not carting me off to get shot in a mirror prison. <laughs> Would have been a little bit inconvenient. So uh, thanks for that. And I will not stick around. And I re-invisible to go sneak back out of the bar. Okay. She, she says, you're welcome. Don't come back or I'll break your fingers. And she just waves. So, like, at this point, my my theory is obviously that the metal's been sent off to Grace to make mirrors out of. Mm-hmm. Correct. And y'all, I wonder if anyone picked up on this, but you guys talked to Penny once like 20 episodes ago and she mentioned that there was an order for mirror parts for the tower. I did not pick up on it or I didn't remember it to this point. So would I be able to go and try talking to Grace about the scrap metal and see if she has it still? Yeah, I assume that's where this episode is leading. So let's go to Roland for a sec, if that's where you want to go, because I think you guys are going to end up in the same place. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Roland's going to be heading to the Sacrum. Uh, he hasn't run into Zoe yet since the uh, Divine Intervention, so mm-hmm. uh, that'll be an interesting thing to kind of uh, play out. But he goes into the Sacrum, and uh, is there anyone in the in the chapel portion of the Sacrum? Not right now. When you get there, uh, it is deserted. All right, well, he walks over to the metal doors that would lead to the spine and uh, knocks on it. All right, so after a little bit, you hear somebody on the other side unlocking all the chains by hand, as opposed to usually they just kind of slither out of the way, and the door opens a crack, and you see Mardis peer out, and he says uh, in Elven upon seeing you, Oh, hello. Uh, Mardis, you seem to be doing well after your exit from the mirror. Uh, it could be better. We were up kind of late last night. Uh, Light's taking a nap. Do you, do you need him? I just, I probably shouldn't be out and about until we have like a cover story for who I am that doesn't involve everyone knowing about Grace, so. Right, right, right. Um, I'd like to talk to Light, but if he is still resting, I could talk to you about something. I wanted to get your insight about what's going on inside of this entire town if you don't mind. Oh, I mean, I bet you know more than me. I haven't really seen much of it, but anything I can help with, I'd like to help, I guess. Well, you you have been in one of the mirrors longer than anyone that I know of, and that might give you some insight about what's going on with the barrier surrounding Ilium. Can we, uh, I guess we should find find a place to sit. We could probably just, I don't know, talk on the stairwell itself so that way we don't wake up light with our talking uh yeah sure come in so once light revealed to us what was the entity that is the aurora itself we were able to find a way to get into it and talk 
with it directly. I mean, I don't really know what all that means. It sounds cool, I guess. I'm still kind of catching up on a lot of stuff. From its description, it, the Aurora itself, is the true embodiment, the true form of guilt. When it talked about itself in its form, it described itself as a spoke connecting to a wheel, referring to the motions of the planes. Mardis is an expert in the known planar systems, but this stuff's kind of beyond him. And also, mm -hmm. uh, so he doesn't really know exactly what you're talking about. He is interested, but he says, uh, okay, I, I think I'm kind of following. Is there something you need from me? I, I'd like to help, but I'd never, I've never encountered anything like this. Well, I don't think anyone has, but what they said also describes why this is here. Roland pointing to the spine. It seems that whatever entity possesses the next spoke on the wheel is a, is a force so potentially catastrophic. It caused multiple gods to feel compelled to stop it from intersecting the material plane, or at least our planes as they intersect. There's always a new catastrophe. Evil god this week, necromancer next week, lich, volcanoes, floods. <laughs> Most of those things either garner disinterest from the gods or is something easily managed between them and or their avatars or other forces. Uh, when they decide to intercede in this capacity, that tells me that there's something here that is possibly well beyond any of our comprehension. but. There was a, a caveat that was presented by, by guilt. The mirrors reflect an inferior form of what this barrier is itself. And it seems that there must be some other step necessary to pass through. Something where you find peace with that guilt that you carry with you. I mean, it sounds like you're asking questions about the magic of the mirrors and the barrier and like the process behind all that. That sounds like a question for Grace. She's the one who does the mirror stuff. She's probably the expert on all that. Do you want to talk to her? I just figured that your personal experience being in the mirror uh, would give you some insight about what happens when you leave it. My personal experience with the mirror was an infinite loneliness and a thousand things to try to distract myself from it. Some real Jumanji shit. <laughs> Are you familiar with Jumanji? Anyway. <laughs> oh, I have some bad news for you. There's a sequel coming out. Oh, no. At this point, he doesn't actually say that Jumanji thing. That was Austin. Uh, Veltari, you arrive at the tower, too, and you can probably hear that there are voices behind the door. Uh, I'm just going to sort of gently make my way in because at this point i don't think there's any point about like you know doing the whole wait in the lobby thing i think we're a bit past that now yeah you guys have broken the seal you guys can fast travel what well, used to be a arduous journey but now there's a waypoint on your map we can fast travel three extra feet yes <laughs> yep it sounds like veltari roland and martyrs are going to go upstairs to talk to grace uh they've rejoined meanwhile what is zoe up to you went back to the avant-garde's headquarters yeah, so Zoe's going to go to the avant-garde headquarters, and she's going to kind of run in because she's she's in a big rush. She didn't cast haste again because uh, that same divine intervention was kind of like, oh, don't push it there, kid. 
Yeah, there are good and there are bad ones. <laughs> uh, but she's going to, I think, pass by probably Winnie at first. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I don't know exactly how flumps work in, in the way they uh, sort of devour good or they devour emotions and energies or, you know, they sort of taste that or whatever um, they sort of do. They're weird jellyfish things. Um, <laughs> yeah. But if it's something that's kind of always active, uh, it might just be interesting to note that Winnie, uh, maybe for the first time, would ever kind of notice that uh, Zoe doesn't have a sense of um, anxiousness to her the same way she used to. Like you walk in and he's like, nice vibe, Zoe. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He'd be like, whoa, where'd these good vibes come from? Where are these been? <laughs> Let's have an entire conversation only in Winnie voice, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, hey, what's going on there? Nothing much. How are you? Mine's going to be 1920 when they're like, ah, I'm going to take it on the arches there, kid. How's it going? See? I'm going to make so much that you have to cut. Uh, So, yeah, I think Winnie would just notice that there's uh, definitely like a, a different vibe to her. Mm-hmm. But she's kind of running past him at the moment. And she's just going to say, Winnie, I don't have a lot to say. I got things to do, but I'll come back and talk to you. A lot of big things have happened. But hey, could you get some books and jam? Because I think I need to give good something to Grace. I'll be right back. Oh, shit, I told you Grace. Bye. <laughs> all right he makes a little care package that you can take with you uh and then she's going to head straight to her room and she's going to uh gather up a couple things i think she she needs to uh change wardrobe because the 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 goth uh lady the cowboy that was uh that was a gonador thing uh, that was a spider-man 3 thing but yes yeah well yeah it was spider-man 3 and a lot of things look i'm just saying if i have any like giant oversized overalls with a lot of zippers on it i think that's kind of the uh the style <laughs> I'm looking for now giant, giant clown shoes, shoes. exactly <laughs> uh but she is also going to uh gather up the shield that roland gave her mm-hmm. and uh she is uh headed back out um and she'll she'll probably grab that care package along the way I don't know if Winnie has anything he needs to like stop her with or anything like that, or is he, he's just kind of used to always getting the bums rush. <laughs> and then she says, good luck, champ. Thanks. <laughs> and uh, she's out the door uh, at this point. She's headed towards uh, Tarsus. Oh, okay. So you go towards the bar. Uh, what's she doing over there with all your stuff? <laughs> uh, well, she's not going to the bar. She's going straight up then to where... Claire's office is where I guess formerly Lady Nims, now it's Claire's office. Uh, absolutely. And everyone lets you through. Even if <laughs> I have the feeling, even if you were hostile to the Lilies in some way, they probably let you in to see your sister. So you're like, you're basically a VIP at that, at this point. You could have been the leader. I, I could have. I almost was. So. All right, so you walk into into her office. She's probably pouring over books, trying to find like new cool spells that Nim was hiding. That's, that's a smart plan. So Zoe's gonna go inside. Uh, I guess probably you know knock on the door as a courtesy. Go away! I'm masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> gross. Occupado. <laughs> I'm the only person in the world who it's not gross. I know all your secrets, Zoe. <laughs> Man, this is a weird tone to start this scene with. <laughs> Counterclockwise motions. Anyway, what's up? Um, hey, so I have a lot of really important things to talk to you about, and I would appreciate your attention on these because uh, I'm about to drop some really big things on you, and uh, sorry about that in advance. Is one of those big things that shield? Since when do we use shields? I'm going to get to that. All right. So I'm not really good at 
being tactful about things, so I'm just going to come out and say it. Uh, I, I know how to take down the barrier. I'm going to make sure the door is closed, by the way. <laughs> yeah, she throws she like throws a paperweight across the room to close it. <laughs> She's like, I, I mean, I guess that is a big thing. You're right. All right. You have my full attention. Well, here's the thing. So I know how to take the barrier down, but I was sort of one of the people presented with the option about whether or not to take it down. And I've decided I'm not going to let the barrier go down. And furthermore, I'm going to do everything I can to protect the barrier from anybody who tries to bring it down. Okay. Well, don't tell Carrie, first of all. I feel fairly confident that news about this is going to be breaking to a lot of people sooner rather than later, (laughs) since I'm not the only one who kind of knows about this. Oh, yeah. I mean, if Dora knows, then everyone knows. (laughs) I'm the last to know. No, I made sure that you were the first person I talked to about this because I kind of have something really important to talk to you about with this. Okay. So you've appointed yourself protector of the thing that only you know how to destroy. Go on. I know you're the leader of the Lilies right now and you really like it. And I don't think you probably want to leave Ilium right now. I get unlimited breadsticks. It's pretty dope. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the big perk to being here. Um, And I don't think that Penny wants to leave either, but I know Carrie does. I know that a time may come that maybe you would want to leave too. Maybe, you know, a long time down the line. And I wanted to make it clear that I want you to always go with what you feel is right. Even if that kind of puts you against what I'm trying to do or anything like that. So you're giving me permission to turn off the barrier while you're trying to keep it on? Is that what I'm hearing? No, not as much. But I'm saying I want you to know that I I don't want you to feel trapped between two sides or anything like that. If it's between me or sticking up with the lilies, I, I want you to go with... The lilies, I, I know these are your your family here, and I know that I won't think differently for you of it. In fact, I, I'd be proud of you for sticking to your goal. Oh, okay. I, I appreciate it. You said it in a kind of vague way with like portents of doom, but I appreciate the text of that statement. Subtext, <laughs> eh, it's a little iffy on, but go yeah. <laughs> The thing is, is that I don't really know what's coming up in the future for me. Um, I know what I'm going to do, and I'm really happy with it. I think for the first time in maybe my entire life, I I think I get it, you know? But what I'm doing is going to make me a lot of enemies. Not just in people in Ilium, but people who may come to Ilium way after... And even a particular god is going to do everything in his power to try to make sure I don't succeed. Wait, what? Hold on. Back the bus up. Buses exist. Sorry, they do. (laughs) Back it up. Are you going to do something cool and you're going to try to leave me out of it? Uh, I don't really know if this is cool. It sounds really cool. Holy shit. Did you, like, I know you look like you're seven, but did you just get none of the... (laughs) <laughs> mental thing that I had I wasn't 
I'm talking about the serious thing here. I may die. I'm, I know. That's why it sounds really cool. Look, we have we both have the same sense of drama, Zoe, where, where we were like, oh, I want to sacrifice myself for this thing I believe in. And it's so <laughs> romantic. We're going to write poetry about it, but not show anyone because we're embarrassed. Yes, I'm in. <laughs> My poetry is much better than that. It's gotten better. <laughs> we're improving. I've read that poetry. It's marginally better. Listen, if you have a cool idea and I, it's going to be some kind of thing where you, you're you going to die and then people are going to tell stories about you, I would like to do it, too. You, ha- I have your back. Let's do a cool thing. First and foremost, I don't know if anyone's going to tell this story. This is sort of a thing being done for a group of people who may never even know that I'm doing it. I mean, that is kind of cool, too, in a romantic way, right? Holy shit, Claire. For the love of God. <laughs> it's like, it, it's almost like no matter how you phrase it, she's going to be kind of impressed and jealous about it. <laughs> <laughs> almost. Hmm. 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 I'm just saying, don't do cool stuff without me. If you're going to do a cool thing, I'm here. It's not cool. It's super boring. It's awesome sister power. Okay, fine. If you just want to go and, and die and nobody know about it, I guess I'll respect your wishes. I'm not going to try to... Look, things are complicated. I'm... Mm-hmm. And she's going to pick up the shield and she's going to put it on the table. I had a whole speech prepared <laughs> about how Roland gave me this shield because he wanted me to know how he was proud of what I was doing and he wanted me to do what I thought was right. And I'm giving you the shield now because I think it's more important for you to know that because I found what my purpose is, but I want you to have some notion that people believe in you and that you can do great things. And I don't know how long I'm going to be around to say that in the future. And I just wanted you to know that you mean a lot to me, Claire. And if I don't have the opportunity to say it again, I just want to say that, you know, I didn't know what I was going to get into when I came to Ilium and meeting you was something I never could have conceived of, but, You've helped me change my life in amazing ways. So, you know, thanks for being born, I guess. Claire gets up from her seat, walks around the table, and she's seven physically. So her hug is like more of like a leg embrace. But from that vantage point, she says, I accept your dramatic regifting. <laughs> thanks. You're pretty cool, too. Yeah, I am pretty dope. <laughs> uh, hey, um, and she lets go of you as she says this. Uh, so I have a confession to make while we're being like honest and vulnerable and emotional and stuff. Mm-hmm. I lie is a strong word. I may have exaggerated our previous predicaments. Vis-a-vis Lady Nim? Yeah, I know. What do you mean you know? Lady Nim told me. She was a ghost in my sword for a while. I got narked on by a ghost? Yeah, she narked on you real hard. That's that's what you get for fucking over a ghost. I hate this town. (laughs) I don't know. I think I've kind of started to see this town as a pretty cool place. Yeah, it's a love-hate thing. I'm complicated. I have layers. Anyway. (laughs) 
well, look, thank you for telling me. I think the most important thing, considering what this town is, is that you acknowledge what it is you did and move forward. Because we're the other Legrand sisters. We get dealt a bad hand, but we move on despite of it. Yeah, and we have a much better fashion sense. Super, totally, yeah. Like, look, check out these super giant overalls with all the zippers and stuff. I know, I didn't say anything when you first came in because you seemed like you had, like, a whole speech and thing, but, like, I was going to get around to it. Yeah, you're pretty fresh. Yeah, I I'll, I might have some uh, in your size, so just wait. We'll see. <laughs> okay, so I guess I'm going to learn how to use a shield, and I'm going to keep doing, like, mildly sinister evil stuff, and then if it turns out that your thing turns out to be really cool. I'm going to show up at a dramatic moment and save you. So be excited for that. <laughs> totally. <laughs> all right. Anything else? Good talk, basically, all around. Yeah, absolutely. Now, <laughs> that's all I wanted. I just, I wanted to make sure that I told you everything that was going on. I probably should also let you in on the other way people can get out of the barrier. I I, I feel like I shouldn't say everything about this, because I... I I don't want to put you in... Once you hear about the logic behind this, you can't unhear it, and it's kind of a big deal that I haven't fully grasped yet, but... I think a good, like, structural transition here is, like, you explaining it to Claire, and then it cuts to Roland and Veltaria explaining it to Grace, like, halfway <laughs> through the sentence, so that we don't have to have it ex- explained for our listening audience, like, eight times. <laughs> like, it's just been explained. The then... They can leave. At least that's what we were told. <laughs> so we're in this other scene now. Uh, Warden Light is sleeping and you guys are up there with Martis and Grace. And she nods and says, yeah, I think that makes sense. I guess if the flaw in the mirrors is that they stop working on the people after you get out, then I could recalibrate them to enchant the person on the way out. So she's like doing some math in her head and she says, yeah, I, I I think I can kind of replicate that. So you mean modify the nature of the mirror so that it only allows someone to exit once they satisfy the conditions to leave the Aurora itself? Yeah. So basically, if you need to do something to get out, I can make a mirror that lets you go in and do that. And then once you get out, you'll be able to leave the big one. You know what I'm saying? Like, prison inside a prison inside a prison. Right, right, right. But the prisoners are the real prisons inside their feelings. (laughs) As we saw with Martis and with Azrael, the prisons was at least of the mind. But this goes beyond just that, it seems. Because if you think about it, aren't we really all our own prisons? (laughs) So just just to clarify this, like when I leave like the recalibrated prison, I've got to like hoof it to the edge of the barrier and like not do anything that I would need to feel guilty for before I reach the end. <laughs> Otherwise, I can't leave. Is that right? Absolutely. I would max out all your social links before you come back to me. Okay. Mm. Okay. Cool. You guys are mortals of reasonable ages, so it's possible. I feel like it'd be an accelerated version of like a monk who joins a monastery and like sits under a waterfall meditating all day. And that takes like 80 years for him to achieve enlightenment. Mm. And like, we could drastically speed that up for a normal person like you two. But if it was like uh, one of the devils or a giant or something who lives for like a million years, they'd have to go through a lot more. Yeah. 
if we wanted to get out, we could probably do it pretty easily because we are the number one <laughs> breakout of mirror people in the town. I, I think that's fair to say. We're pretty good at getting people out of mirrors. Like, one of us goes in a mirror, the other breaks them out, the other goes in the mirror, the other breaks them out. It's just hunky-dory. All right, so I'm going to go take a mirror uh, up to the roof, get some some juice from the orb, make a few tweaks so you guys can go do your stuff and then come back when you're ready and then we'll we'll do this thing. Well, while you're here, Grace, like, I, I'm going to be honest, I didn't come to talk about this mirror stuff. Like, I might go, I was intending to get to that eventually, but I'm here for something else. Um, scrap materials for mirrors. Do you have, like, a gold pendant necklace thing with, like, a... A snowflake carved into it, like quite crudely cra- uh, carved in. Oh, the star? Yeah. Yeah. Um, let me check. Oh, no, I already, I already used that. Do you want me to make you a new one? It wouldn't be the same. No, it'd be like, it'd be like way better. Yeah, but better's not the same. Uh, t- don't worry about it. I've, I've got a conversation I need to go have. Uh, thanks anyway. If you say so. Like, if Veltari leaves, Roland's going to pause for a moment and then say to Grace, if you want to, I'd be happy to deliver such a necklace if you're willing to make it. I have a feeling I know who it's intended for. Yeah, and also you've seen Wolf's fashion sense with his scarf. He has a flair for the dramatic when he can get it. Mm. Yep. Now that Grace knows it's a snowflake and not a star, she puts some extra stank on it. It's museum quality yeah i'm assuming at this point Valtari has already kind of left yeah she's she's wandering over there but like probably not sp- sprinting or anything so like if you want to catch Valtari up you could do that so we could cast haste on you <laughs> <laughs> oh no you rolled a 12 that rips off Valtari's skin <laughs> oh dear normally they don't affect other people roland Ro- 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 does have his horse so he has a way of traveling quickly when that if needed yeah, so v- Veltari is heading towards Wolf. All right, so the scene is Veltari leaves kind of dejected. Roland stays behind and orders a new one, and he's going to try to catch up. Yep. So Veltari, you're walking over to Wolf's house, kind of hangdog and sad, when you hear the sound of hooves approaching at a pretty significant clip behind you. And then uh, you guys can have the scene between yourselves. I'm not here. Bye. <laughs> Roland's going to yeah, pull up fairly close. On horseback, just sort of glance down to Veltari, uh, say, I had a feeling you were heading this way. Yeah, I've not been the most uh, close to books recently. Well, I appreciate your your uh, forthcoming nature. I think that you're, I think you're underselling how you can make amends for a transgression. The kind of stuff I did to Wolf is the kind of stuff that I don't think you can really make right. The best I felt I could do was to directly undo things I had done against him where I could. And this seemed a very actionable one, was to get something I'd sort of tricked him out of and return it to him. But that's not something I can do. And look, I get where you've probably come. And the reason I didn't ask Grace for a replacement is because that medallion isn't significant to him because of 
to, to Wolf because of what it is. It was significant because it was it was significant of a friend, and he he doesn't have many of those in this town. Probably one fewer after the whole conversation I had with him recently. So I was trying to get him back something that was significant of a friend, and replacing that is something. But I worry that giving him like. Oh hey, that thing that thing that reminded you of your friend who's dead now, uh I replaced it with something different and it's better. Would it just feels disrespectful to to replace something that was significant of a friend that's not me. When it comes to making amends for past trans- transgressions, it's important to remember that in many cases what we're trying to fix is something we can't truly replace. Anyway, if what we were replacing was, say, a a lie or or a misdirection, you can't replace that in a, an equal manner. All you can do is do the best you can to show that there is a change, to show that you are doing things in as good faith now as you can. I just don't want to fuck this up any worse than I already have by you know, suggesting that I can replace the irreplaceable. Even if you gave him back the same necklace that you took from him, the meaning of it is already tarnished. The meaning of it has already been tampered by the circumstance. So the physical representation is less important than the emotional context that it means to him and only he can decide whether or not any action is sufficient for that you're a lot better than than i am at this whole uh you know (laughs) dealing with shitty things you've done stuff (laughs) well you know you you don't act as a as a walking judge for decades to only to not be good at seeing past seeing past situations and hopefully seeing how things can be treated better. You can at least leave someone in a better position than you left them, at least as good as possible. And I think this is a good opportunity for you to try that. So here. And then Roland kind of reaches in to a pocket, pulling out the the new necklace and offers it to Veltari. Uh, Valtari takes it, and I think she just says to Roland, like, Roland, thank you. I, I know we've talked about this before. I've, <laughs> there are things I did to you that are not, not great. And you have, you have shown me more forgiveness than... I really think I deserve, but I want to help you. There are things I have to deal with in this town before I leave. I need to talk with Wolf. I need to talk with Carrie. I need to get some things dealt with, but... I think if you do these things, you'll be better prepared to help me. Especially if you're planning on doing what I think you're planning on doing. I'm planning on leaving this mirror with you. I'm not planning on taking it down. At least not yet. I... If there's one person in this world that I could stick with right now and it would do me good in the long term, it's you, Roland. And we're going to go and 
We're gonna go and fuck some shit up. We're gonna get out of this mirror. We're gonna get out of here and just... If you'll have me, I want to stick with you for a while. And we will... We will work out how to deal with this. This is a good place to start. If you feel like this is a transgression that you need to come to peace with, you want to go in there as well equipped as possible to handle it. And, and the worst thing that can happen is that Wolf simply rejects your offer. And if that happens, that's his decision. Yeah. At this point, it's no longer at this point. Don't blame yourself if you do what you can and others are not willing to see the true intent in your heart. Thanks. I think I just need to I need I need to jump in and just do this, I think. I'll see you back at headquarters, okay? Thanks. Then Roland just sort of rides off to leave Valtari to the uh to the task. And Valtari continues to head off towards uh towards Wolf. Alright, so you walk up to Wolf the troll, and he is just kind of sitting in the dirt, just clawing at the ground with his claws. It looks like he's deep in thought. He knows you're there when you walk up, but he doesn't say anything. Uh, hey, Wolf, are you free to talk for for a minute? Yeah, I guess. I don't know what else we have to say. I I went to try and recover the the necklace that I took from you, and I was unable to. I tracked it back through a couple of people. It's no longer in a state where I could get it back to you. Uh, my intention was to get it back to you just as an attempt to directly undo one of the things I did towards you, and that's not going to be possible. Um, I want to be clear that what I'm about to do is not me trying to replace the necklace I took from you. I know that that meant something significant. It was something specific. It was something very specific to a person that was very important to you. And I, I'm, I don't want you to think that this is me trying to replace the significance that that held. Here's the best I could do. And I sort of offer him the, uh, the replacement, the replacement necklace. Wolf reaches out and takes it, and he looks at it for a moment, and it's clear from his facial expression that he is genuinely appreciating the craftsmanship of it, mm. and he's look he kind of looks it over for a while in, in that way from an aesthetic point before really trying to process his emotions, um, and when it becomes clear that he's reached that point, he stands up, unwraps the scarf that he has around his neck, and puts them both the necklace and the scarf to the side, the necklace on top of the scarf so it doesn't get dirty. And he says to you, where, I, where I'm from, trolls, we, we don't have a, a great history of words and expressing ourselves the way most people do. I mean, I, I know a lot of big words, but the best way I know how to express myself is the troll way. Is, is, is it bad that, like, I feel like Veltaru right now is, like, br- bracing to potentially be punched. <laughs> I, I, I thought I thought I think it was going to play a game of tag, so I was going to show his appreciation. <laughs> I, I think Veltaru's just like, I don't know what's coming right now, but I, I probably deserve a trip to Wallop City, so I'm just going to just gonna brace ever so slightly. 
Yeah, he sees you bracing ever so slightly, and he says, "Yeah, I, you, you got you about got the idea. Uh, all, all our injuries, all of our cuts and bruises and dismemberments <laughs> grow back. So we solve a lot of things by tearing each other in pieces. <laughs> and I know you don't grow back, so I'm not asking you to do that. But if this may not make any sense to you, but I, I want to fight you." If this is if this is what we need to do, count me in. I think I have a better idea who you really are. Once I once I've seen how you fight, I want. I wonder if it's a good thing that she happens to have a a nice new sword, huh? Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I was thinking about that. I was like, do I want to use a sword here, or do I want to try and find like less slicey means of combat? <laughs> Would you like Zoe to show up and cast haste on you for an extra attack per <laughs> round? <laughs> you could cut his head clean off and it would not bother him. Yeah, I feel I feel symbolically like I should be pulling out the sword. I feel like this is I mean that's that's the test, right? He wants to see what kind of person you are. Yeah. And you can try to game the system or you could just be honest and do what feels right. Yeah. Which right now is rolling initiative. Okay. Uh rolling initiative. Five. Sixteen. All right, Viltari goes first. Um, I pull out, I pull out the sword because you know, not gaming the system, it just this feels like the moment that the sword is appropriate. Um, mm-hmm. I want to sort of pull out the sword and just sort of run towards him and just take a take a sort of swipe with the sword towards him, and I get a twenty three. That hits. He does not even attempt to block you. He is not wearing armor. In fact, he's basically naked <laughs> he's kind of <laughs> kind of wearing like a, a modesty sack but yeah you just cut right into him roll damage two damage <laughs> okay the sword does not get very far into his troll hide mm-hmm. and he kind of looks at you and goes hmm okay and the if you want to you do get an extra attack since you are a uh valor bard so you can actually do another attack with the same action i don't want to attack a second time this first turn I want to sort of gauge how he responds on his first turn. Wolf is going to attempt to grapple you. So strength check or strength contest. Okay. Uh, I botched. Oopsie doodle. Uh, I botched as well. (laughs) What in the heck? (laughs) You both botched. (laughs) You both just don't want to hurt each other. Oh my God. Nice. What are you trying to tell me? First, a natural one on the on the damage roll on the first attack, and then two consecutive botched strength checks. Yeah, someone screenshot that. Three times in a row, we've got natural ones. The dice are clearly trying to tell us that these people don't want to hurt each other. It looks like the grappling match is more botchamania than anything else, you know. Boo. Boo. So Wolf reaches out and grabs you by your sword arm, clearly intending to try to like lift you off your feet. But you slip with your botch and kind of fall down and you he isn't ready for that. And you drag him down, too. And then you both land in the mud. And he says, oh, I, I saw that going different in my head. I, I thought I was going to like choke slam you all cool like and then we fell. Well, I uh, I thought I was going to, gonna you know, pull out the, the sword that, that I had the cool, you know, like being forgiven by someone's sword and take a big old slice into you and... That didn't really work out either. 
Was that really your best? Was that your best swing or? Uh, well, I went, you know, I ran towards you. And as I was running towards you, I'd been tended to give my best swing. And uh, apparently my arm said different. Uh, yeah, I, I had more painful splinters before. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I just didn't know if you were pulling your punches or. We, were you pulling your punches against me? I I. I was going to try to, like, slam you, and then I fell, so I didn't really even get a chance to punch. <laughs> you guys are just laying in the mud having this conversation. <laughs> are you pulling punches? Uh, are you pulling your punches? Let me let me just ask you. Why, why'd you kill Garrick? I know that you thought that Garrick was a good person because the people he killed were people that had wronged you. And that is an understandable reason to think someone's a good person. It's it's easy to see someone as good when they are enacting their justice on people that you personally dislike. The problem with Garrick was that we had a chance to talk to him, and he was gonna keep killing. He had a kind of messed up view of who should die and why. I tried to make a judgment call about what was going to keep them the highest number of people safe that deserve to be kept safe. It wasn't an easy choice, it wasn't a clear-cut choice, but you viewed Garrick as a hero, and I don't blame you if you disagree with the choice I made, but I tried to do what was right. I I bet it wasn't an easy choice with a swing like that. <laughs> I I can't even imagine how you got anything accomplished. <laughs> well, well, usually I use usually I use magic and do cool sort of laser blow stuff up sh- things, but uh, you know, the forgiveness sword it felt like a cool thing, and then sort of kind of realized that I hadn't really practiced much with this sword, and uh, <laughs> yeah. Why didn't you use magic on me? But because. Okay, there's a whole deal with this sword where, like, I did some stuff wrong to someone else and then they forgave me and they gave me the sword and it's... I kind of view it as a forgiveness sword and it felt like a cool <laughs> thematic thing to use, like, you know... How does how does everybody know what's the right justice and who to kill and who to forgive? Y'all y'all on some next level stuff with you know what and what's right and it's just all... We, we don't. <laughs> oh... Is that the is that the secret of justice that nobody knows what the hell they're doing? Uh oh, wolf with the biting commentary. <laughs> Everyone bails ship. The, <laughs> the the secret of justice is that it changes moment to moment, and the best we can do is fumble through and try and do what's best, and we're gonna fuck up along the way, but. There's always stuff we don't know, and there's always context going. There's there's always things happening that might change what we feel is right. I don't know. I used to think it was all very clear-cut, and that's kind of uh, upended a bit recently. Wolf sits up in the mud and just kind of looks around, and then stands up and walks over to the scarf and the amulet, and he picks them up, and he says, "You You couldn't have replaced... You couldn't have replaced the old one. That was that was between me and him. But mm. you and you and me are, are our own thing, and I have all kinds of mixed up feelings about it. And I don't I don't know what is gonna happen. But this 
This can be the new start of our thing, whatever that is. First of all, God teach you how to hurt people. <laughs> I gotta teach you how to hurt people. We just, we both gotta get real better at hurting people, or we're not gonna do any justice. <laughs> we gotta get better at hurting people, because how else are we gonna take people to Wallop City? <laughs> it's this is like a light tickling city. This is a bad city. The whole thing's gonna get bulldozed. It's bad. Wolf, I, I, I need to talk to you about one last thing before I go, and. I I don't know if I'm going to be around for a while. I you're not the only person that I hurt and you're not the only person I've got to make stuff up to and in order to make stuff up to to certain people and to do what I can to help them I'm going to be gone for a while. I found out what this barrier is that we're all within and there is a way to leave it without taking it down. I feel like you should know there are people in this town who know what the barrier is and they intend to get rid of it. I can't make the decision of what to do for you. Just know that I'm I'm going to be gone for a while. I'm not going to take the barrier down, but there are going to be people trying to take it down and you're going to have to decide what to do about that. So I'm sorry I'm not going to be here for a while. Take care of this town for me. <laughs> the secret is, I have a giant worm that can kill anybody in this entire place. <laughs> and I could have killed you a hundred times over just now. So what What you're saying is you pulled your punches against me. That's what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess. <laughs> but <laughs> but if anybody's, if anybody's going to do something, try to mess with the town, we're going to get taken to Worm City. <laughs> To take down this barrier would mean destroying the tower. Oh man, now I got a bodyguard, the big wing guy? I I have my problems with the big wing guy, but if you don't want that barrier coming down, the tower, you, you're going to need to keep it intact if that's what you want. All right. Ain't that just life, though? <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that just life indeed. Hopefully, Hopefully I'll see you again. I hope your forgiveness sword thing works out. <laughs> uh, time will tell. <laughs> I fucked over a lot of people and there's a lot of people I'm going to have to swing a sword at and then not quite kill them and then like have a conversation with. So we'll see how today pans out. All right. Just look at the bright side. They don't have worms. so <laughs> They don't have worms indeed. And the person who has the worm didn't get the worm to eat me. So my day's looking up already. <laughs> All right. So at this point, off off goes Veltari. All right. And I guess now that Wolf knows and he is properly motivated, he will be defending the tower. It's a ma- I, I sort of imagined like a Suicoden-esque thing where like we see little uh, an overworld map of Ilium and like little avatars popping up near like what they're protecting and such. Mm-hmm. And then, like, there's a little wolf that pops up by the tower. It's it's an interesting one for me out of character in that, like, I'm aware that's what Wolf wanted to do, and I wasn't going to try. I don't, I don't think Veltari really has any reasons to want to take down the barrier right now. If she can let people know that, like, hey, it is known what the barrier is, and leaving without destroying it is an option if you want to get out, but. There's going to be a conversation to have with Carrie, and that'll be its own separate thing when we get there. (laughs) 
So let's go to Dora, who has been silent so far this episode because she is off by herself scheming, question mark. At the end of the last episode, she simply said, I've made my decision and then (laughs) disappeared mysteriously. What are you up to? What's going on with you and your whole character? And why aren't you hanging out with your cool friends? Uh, Dora's got a lot on her mind. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of things to think about. Well, not really. She knows what she's doing. So a lot of things to scheme, I guess. Uh, Dora's got some people to talk to. But before she goes and talks to them, she's got a spooky mission, which is go retrieve one skeleton. (laughs) (laughs) Which you can do now because you have the dragon bone staff. So I guess after you have the earth shattering revelation and talking to something that is beyond the scope of mortal men, your first... (laughs) (laughs) Your first act is to walk over to your new house and recruit a skeleton from amongst the the gardening staff and just bring him with you. Yes, and I'm going to dress him up real dapper. Mm. So he gets a nice top hat with eyeballs on it, a fake mustache, and a cape. And his name is Theodore now. His name is Theodore? So it's Theodora and Theodore? Yes. Are they, what's the fiction here? Are they like twins? Are they lovers? What's, what are we weaving between you and the skeleton? He's my boy. He's, he's my good, good hench boy. Okay. <laughs> and so you just stop off real quick at home to get pre-prepared skeleton accoutrement? Well, I probably just had him lying around because, you know, Dora likes, she's been practicing, how do you say that, millinery? I don't know how to say that. The, the hat making shit. She's been making hats. <laughs> Top hattery. Top hattery. Millinery? Millinery? I don't know, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) You're on your own on this one, homie. (laughs) The the thing where you make hats. She's been doing it for just just for fun. I'm retconning that. She's making hats in her spare time. That's not really so much a retcon. You're a fashionista. Also, I looked it up and it's called millinery. I just don't know how to pronounce it. Well, it's this is a fantasy world of infinite possibilities, so whatever you say could become true, and we could just say that. It... I like top hattery, honestly. <laughs> Apparently, it's derived from the city of Milan. Oh, that's so fancy! Which would not exist in our <laughs> universe, so you, it could be like never wintery. <laughs> What's the fashionable town in D&D lore? Waterdeep is the richest city in Dungeons and Dragons that I could... Is it the most fashionable, though? (laughs) It's known as the City of Splendors. Is that good enough? Does it have a lot of rich old people, (laughs) or is it fashionable? (laughs) Okay, so the rest of this episode is about the etymology of the word for making hats. (laughs) Dice funk. Hashtag hashtag dice funk. Um, But no, I, I outfit my boy. My good, good boy in a hat, and we're Theodore and Theodora, the fanciest spookies about town. And the first place I want to go is to talk to my favorite little squid, Azrael. <laughs> Would that be great if he was just like a like a handful of squid, <laughs> like a little calamari? Oh, I love him. A tiny baby squid, please. But no, he, I know he's a man, but he's my, he's my little boy. He's my baby boy. I thought... The skeleton was your boy. They're all my boys. Is Winifred also still your boy? Oh, they're all my boys. This is so confusing. <laughs> I have a lot of boys, but I have my main boy. Shout out to Ganny. I Do you just walk into Azrael's house or do you like knock or what? <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to knock because I don't want to do him a startle or do him a frighten. He doesn't even answer the door. He just like reaches out telepathically and just says, uh, 
Oh no, it is you. Oh, what, what have you done now? Let me in. <laughs> I, I am not going to stop you. Do you need help? Do you not know how they operate? I was trying to be polite, but I'm just barging in now, and I just barge in. All right, he's at his like workstation, and he's working on some kind of gizmos and gadgets, as he does. Nice gizmos. <laughs> uh, thank you. I do not actually think you're going to appreciate the craftsmanship, but I appreciate the gesture. What can I do for you? Uh, well, I came here because I have a proposition for you. I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> I must sit down at this table like a mob boss or some shit. I don't know. Oh, wait, so is this with considerable confidence? I can never tell where Dora is at. <laughs> Dora is always at considerable confidence. It's, okay, but she just seems like a goofus. Well, she's a goofus, but she's very confident in herself. Fair. All right, go ahead. <laughs> um, So I'm going to explain to him the thing with the barrier and, you know, the two sides and okay. taking down the spine, all that shit, you know. You start talking and he's just like, all right, this will be simpler if I just uh, reach in and I just, oh, okay, now I see, I understand. Stop talking. <laughs> you are very confusing and your cadence and your word choice are make me uncomfortable. Rude. <laughs> it's just, listen, I we talk telepathically, we are better than them. Do not let, do not let them drag you down to their level. You know what? You're right. I am better. Um, okay, good news. We have the eye on our side. Oh, yeah, no, he he'll... I'm sure he'll he'll make me very v- strong. Bad news. You have not been gathering allies, as I told you, which puts us at a disadvantage. I mean, I have an army of skeletons. All right, back to good news. <laughs> You've recently acquired real estate and, uh, well, so not an army, but a battalion. Also, this thing, and I wiggle the staff at him. Yes, that will also go in the good news column. Back to bad news. Uh, most of the people who are in our way are giant. Well, here, I, here's what I was thinking. Because I kind of don't really want to leave here. I like it. And uh, some people that I'm very emotionally invested in also would like the barrier to stay up. So the reason I was coming to you specifically, not just because you're very smart and powerful and strong, and you have, like, a squid face, which is really, like, I'm digging it, I was wondering if you think maybe you'd be able to, like, I don't know, recreate some sort of a barrier after it was taken down, something along those lines. I know of spells that can create barriers, so I I will need to research, but that is step two. Step one is you do the thing I told you to do ten episodes ago. Fair. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Listen, things have been going on, okay? Yeah, I am sure you're very busy. I am seeing and hear your memories. Just a lot of sex scenes. <laughs> Just a lot. You've been very busy. Hey. Hey. You don't know my life. I mean, you do, but you don't know my life. <laughs> <laughs> Detect thoughts is gross. I hate it. Then don't do it. I didn't mean to. It <laughs> It was surface thoughts. You're just always thinking about it. Listen, I, ha- I have appetites. Gross. All right. <laughs> I am going to go get some materials. I'm going to get things ready. I'm going to set some groundwork, and I will meet you at your lair. Uh, my new lair? The spooky lair? The scary lair? That is your only lair. The other place... You will be killed if you stay there. So grab whatever you want from there and move into your lair now. Okay. That's a very good point. I'll have Theodore help me out. This is Theodore, by the way. He's a good boy. (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, hello, calcium man. Would you like a matching outfit too? <laughs> What's funny is, uh, mind flayers actually have a profoundly snappy sense of fashion in a lot of their official art, and I have no idea what the rationale for that is. <laughs> 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 he says, maybe if you find something in my size, bring it to the lair. We will talk. Okay. All right. I will see you then. Oh, I'm pumped. See you at my lair. <laughs> okay. Also, don't just like barge in or whatever, because the, the skeletons get really mad when you do that. Off screen, you can control one skeleton at a time. Um, So you could just like go to all the skeletons one at a time and just give them the order like Azrael is allowed in. Okay. We're going to pretend I do that. Yeah, that's fine. You can just <laughs> run from skeleton to skeleton, just like waving hey, your stick hey, around. Hey, 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 just like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we we shouldn't have given Dora a skeleton army. It was very short sighted of us. Yeah. So what else do you want to do while Azrael is getting your plans ready? He's going to he's going to be the brains of this operation. Well, clearly, I'm gonna between. I do want to go talk to the rocks, but I want to go get my shit from the avant garde headquarters. Well, before I get before I leave the ticket to uh, the Hawthorne house, uh, I'm gonna like sit down with Winnie alone and be like, Winnie, hey, it's your boy. Hey, buddy. Nice friend. Hey, pal. Yeah, yeah. He's a good boy. His name is Theodore. That's confusing. I know. Isn't it great? Are you okay? Your vibes are real. Is that sad? I don't even know anymore. It's tangy. It's like um anxiety. I'm going to, like, hold his tentacles like I'm holding his hands. <laughs> uh-huh. Like, Winnie, you know you're a very good boy, and I love you very much, right? Are you breaking up with me? What's happening? I'm, I'm going to go live at the Hawthorne house. I don't want to leave you because you're my good boy. And if you want to, you can come with me. You can come live with me in the skeletons. I would like that very much. But I don't know if I necessarily get along with the rest of the avant-garde anymore. We may have different goals vis-a-vis the barrier. And I don't I don't wanna I don't want there to be any fighting around you. And I also don't wanna fight if I don't have to right away immediately. Cause I'm sure I will eventually. <laughs> what was that last part? <laughs> Nothing. Um, is this, is this why Zoe came running through here earlier? Or is it everyone just on different individual adventures? I think everyone's on different individual adventures. I don't know what's going on with Zoe right now. It's complicated. Yeah, it feels like there's like 20 hours of backstory. (laughs) Maybe. That's a weird way of putting it, Winnie. (laughs) But I just want you to know that no matter what happens, I love you and you're a very good boy and you never did anything wrong. Is there no talking you out of this? It doesn't sound like it's a thing where you're at, you're soliciting feedback. Is there comment cards? I would like to think that there was a scenario in which I could be swayed, but the real reality of it is, is that I need to do this so that, you know, I have to make Annie happy. Do you? Uh, yes, for many reasons. One, I love him very much. Uh, he, he, sa- he saved me from being sad and lonely all the time. And two... Also, if I don't do what he wants, he'll probably kill everybody I love, which is disconcerting. But you are part of everybody I love, and I don't. And and uh, you hold a very special place in my heart because you're you're a good boy. So you're saying it's not me, it's your evil eyeball. Yeah, no, it's definitely not your fault. You've never done anything wrong in your entire life. 
<laughs> well, that's not true. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be here. I can't imagine you've ever done anything wrong. And even if you had, it's okay. Everybody does something wrong sometimes. Not a, We're all, you know, just trying our best. I'm sorry that we didn't help you with your loneliness enough. No, you guys did, but I, I, it was never you. You were always very understanding, but I sometimes think the others never understood me. Bumbershoot kind of did, but he was also a dick. Just a total dweeb. Oh, yeah, total weenus. But I gotta go. I'm taking I'm taking the crabs and Mr. Smooches and all my sewing stuff to my spooky new mansion. I'm gonna give him a hug. Okay, he hugs you back. He's torn, but he couldn't stop you if he wanted to. I hope you understand, Winnie. I have two eyes. That's more. He's only one eye. We out-eye him by a lot. Oh, oh no, Winnie. It's not about the number of eyes. I don't want to explain it to you now, because I don't want to make you have to, like, you know, <laughs> rat me out to anybody, so I can't explain my plan to you. But it's, trust me, it's, it'd be good for you, it'd be good for me, and I think it's my, what I want to do, I think is better for everyone in the town, not just some people. Oh, okay. Bye, I'm sorry. Dora's kind of sad now. Yeah, Winifred floats away sadly. <laughs> I'm going to go gather all my crabs and Mr. Smooches uh-huh. and all my sewing shit, which I can somehow carry. You can take multiple trips and you have a skeleton. Yeah, he helped. Uh, you, you can form like a skeleton conga line one at a time. <laughs> uh, so I go move my shit, set Mr. Smooches up in a new home. I had a question about the Hawthorne Manor. Mm-hmm. Is that, that second floor like wasn't accessible? Was that something that she specifically had set up or is it just like something about the house? Like, does it still like that? That that was a magical enchantment that was placed on the stairs, and she removed it before she left. Okay. The house is relatively normal for a house that's filled with skeletons. Okay, so I probably don't know how to do that. Correct. Although, and it's been a while since this came up, uh, you are unambushable. Because skeletons. Well, partly. While at home, you're unambushable because of skeletons, but wherever you are, you're unambushable because of Perry Mason. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I can't be ambushed because of Perry Mason. He can detect hearts. So literally, if you're in the house, not only do you know if someone's coming because you'll sense their heartbeat, but then they will be swarmed by skeletons. So when Azrael called it a lair, it's like pretty literal to like a classic, you know, video game boss or something. You you are untouchable, except for maybe a, like an army siege. Funny enough. Yay. <laughs> well, the reason I was asking about the enchantment because that uh, factors into my conversation that I'm gonna have with the rocks, which is your next destination. Yeah. So I set up at my new house. I set up on the second floor because why the fuck not. And then um, set Mr. Smooches up in his new aquarium. So then I'll go over to the rocks uh, after I set up at my new house. House? House. House. <laughs> What's wrong with us? I don't know. The way you said it was weird. House. House. <laughs> All right. So you're going to head over to the rocks. Um, their door is open. And you could already see that like they came in here like a whirlwind earlier. You know that they were promised Robin being polymorphed for a short while, but you you didn't see it. Yeah, I was given a space. Mm-hmm. So I'm uh, shaving a haircut. The open door. Yeah, cool. Well, I'm trying to be polite. <laughs> Robin uh, slides? Scoots? 
is he is he gooey again? Yeah, he's gooey again. Hey, Robin. Robin, uh, I'm trying. What's what's better than finger guns? Is there anything better than finger guns? God, you got me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Robin does two giant finger guns. He he puts all of his gooey mass into two enormous, exquisite finger guns and blasts you with them. Oh, dude, that was heckin' sweet. <laughs> and then he reforms. You didn't actually see him when he was briefly touchable, but the the very sexy elf form and his actual physical form are pretty similar, except he just made himself, like, sexier. <laughs> <laughs> That's for the audience, mostly. Hey, uh, I need to have a... I need to talk to you and Claudia. It's pretty important. It's barrier stuff. What's the coolest word to describe someone walking? <laughs> I was going to say wiggle, but that's not cool. He can wiggle. He's going to wiggle away. He sashays. Yeah, he sashays away. Oh, you said it. I'm so happy. He, d- he does like fully cool, confident strides away from you, leading you into the house and I guess into the bedroom where Claudia is uh, in a burrito in bed. Everyone's just burritos this season. I feel that deeply in my soul. Mm-hmm. Relatable. Hashtag relatable. Ha- hashtag relatable. Uh, hey, Claudia, are you awake? Mm-hmm. I I got important deep deep cuts to talk about. <laughs> okay. Do I need to get dressed? I mean, do you, you don't have to. Okay. Okay. You didn't have to say it like that. Go ahead. Go on. Okay. So um, I know you guys have like feelings about the barrier. Oh gosh, this again. Yeah. No, you're not gonna like what I have to say. <sighs> so I explained to her the whole barrier thing. Mm-hmm. I know you guys want it to stay up for obvious reasons. I don't particularly like want to leave Ilium or have the barrier go down either because I have a cool new mansion. And also I, I, I'm kind of cool and awesome in this town and I have a lot of friends and, you know, it's really fun. But here's the other thing. I don't think it's fair to the people who want to leave that they can't leave. And I know there's this whole, ooh, make, make, peace with your guilt thing but let's be honest how many people besides Roland are really going to be able to do that probably not that many also you're like a thousand years old so that would take you forever exactly but I don't really want to get out but here's the thing Ganny wants this barrier to come down oh with the eyeball yeah no and here's the thing he's a giant murderous eyeball and if I don't do what he wants he'll murder everybody and everything I love which includes you guys I'm going to try and take the barrier down, but before you get mad, but, 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 but. <laughs> you said but. <laughs> I did say but. Uh, <laughs> I'm working with Asriel to put up a new barrier, so as soon as that one comes down, the people who want to leave, including Ganny, leave, there'll be a new barrier up. I also thought that maybe it might be a good idea for you guys to move into my mansion, because, and hear me out, <laughs> I kind of have an army of skeletons who would protect you. And also, when I'm home, Perry Mason can detect anybody coming, so you guys will kind of be safe until the new barrier goes up. Also, I'm like 99.9% sure that Ganyu will give me some kind of boss reward. And if Azriel can't put up a barrier, then I'll ask Ganyu to. But if Azriel can, then maybe I can convince Ganyu to give Robin his body back? I can't make any promises. He's a crazy eyeball, but <laughs> I'm just spitballing here. Okay, so real quick synopsis of that speech. You love us and you want us to move in with you? Yeah! That was a lot to hide in the exposition dump. 
Well, I mean, I also wanted to be truthful and straightforward with you guys about the barrier because you did tell Veltari if she took it down, you'd kill her. Please don't kill me. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't want that to be a factor in this necessarily. Although, yeah, we would kill her. Um, or I would, I guess. She looks at Robin and Robin just like shrugs. He's just like, I don't know what. <laughs> um, but I can protect you guys and I want you to come live with me. Look at how powerful I am now. This is Theodore, my skeleton bro. One of many. <laughs> And also look at this fucking staff I have. And I wiggle it at her. <laughs> There's just entirely too many people in my bedroom. Hold on a second. Did you even consider the telling the eyeball to hit the bricks and just like living a normal life with us without all this high fantasy mumbo jumbo? Uh, I mean, maybe after I do what he wants. But I can tell you right now that if I was like, hey, Ganny, get lost. I'm not doing your shit. He would murder all of us. Okay, well, say after you do it. I guess what I'm trying to get to, the heart of my question is, if you had to pick between having spooky warlock powers and just, like, being with us and having a normal, well, normal for a Nixie, I guess, life, could you even do it? I would like to say yes. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to say, I don't want to say yes because I don't know. I've never, uh, I've, I've had spooky warlock powers for a really long time. I don't really even know how that would work um but as i said i think i know ganny and if i do this for him and let him out and do his little what he wants i think he would give me whatever i want or almost anything i wanted claudia like sits up and like puts her hand on the side of your face and says i'm not talking about the immediate future when you get like your cool spooky reward let me put it this way if we get robin's body back he's an elf i'm a human we're not going to live forever like you. I'm thinking about my whole life. Do you understand? I don't want to have spooky adventures for the next 40 years or something and then die. I want to grow old with my loved ones around me and like have a fence and a dog and just like... Lots of skeletons. Or Okay, we can have skeleton dogs. It's not that I don't want to be normal per se. I just want to not have to be looking over my shoulder and worrying about, like, who's coming to slay you if you're this huge evil warlock figure. I'm not evil. I mean, the eyeball's evil. Let's not split hairs. He's evil, but, I mean, I'm not. I don't think. I try not to be. I just do what I want. Philosophically, also splitting hairs, I'm just asking if you've thought beyond your immediate satisfaction. I, I haven't really thought deeply about what would happen after all this mess is over, mostly because I'm very stressed, mm. um, and I've just been panicking about this this whole thing. This conversation has been uh, very very stressful, but I think I think I would I think I I, I would do that for you guys because I just want to like be with you guys, and I know you're not gonna live forever, and but I want to be with you for as long as I can. And so I want you to move into my giant house and be safe. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to have you roll here to convince her to come move in with you. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, the thing is, are you being honest about potentially giving up your warlockery? Yes. Because I'll still be powerful. I'll still have the staff. Then you can roll persuasion with advantage. I got a 14 and a 25. Yes, advantage. <laughs> yeah, t- 14 would not have done it. 25 will. All right, I'm going to hold one of Claudia's hands and pretend to hold one of Robin's hands. You just get real close, have her hand? Yeah. 
You're like, I really love you guys. I've been alone. I mean, I've had friends, but I've been alone for a really long time. And I never thought I would meet anybody, let alone two people, who would ever, you know, want to be with me like you guys do. I know you guys don't want the barrier to come down. And I hope that if it does, that I can, you know, fix it for you. Because I, I do want the other people who, who, you know, don't want the barrier to go down to be happy. But honestly, I'm doing it for you guys. Because I really... I, as much as, you know, a thousand-year-old Nixie can love anybody, I do love you guys. And I just, I really want you to come live in my spooky mansion. And I'm going to hug Claudia and, I guess, just hover over Robin some more. Yeah, bones are dissolved, so you can hug Claudia. And, and the skeletons, Theodore. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> he, can, he can be, like, some kind of, like, third-party <laughs> physical intimacy bot. All right, so Theodore hugs Robin. So after that, you are going to leave the rocks behind. They have some stuff to get together because you've kind of sprung that on them. I can send skeletons to their house. Yeah, you sh- you have opened up a U-Haul branch, apparently, today. <laughs> uh, and I think you're going to go back to the mansion? Yes. So as you walk up to the mansion, you see Azrael standing outside, and he has like a box full of stuff that he's bringing over, and he's standing there impatiently, and the skeletons won't let him past. And he says... Hello. Okay, oh, God. <laughs> Dora, please. Please let me in. I've been standing. I'm drying out. Please. Oh, I told them to let you in. The mucus. <laughs> come on, come on. We'll get you some more mucus. Well, that, okay. <laughs> I don't know how it works, but we'll figure it out. I'll just, I'll just put water on you. Water is not a lubricant. You should know that. I would hope you know that for just so many reasons. No, I know it. I know it. Just get inside. So they didn't know who Azrael was, but now they do. So from now on, he can enter. Because okay. you told them all Azrael can come in, but they didn't know what that meant. <laughs> they were like, what? <laughs> but now that's fine. Yeah, we've worked that out. Yeah. Uh, so you take him up to what used to be Alice Hawthorne's like workshop. Uh, I guess also Maximilian Hawthorne's, where he did all of his necromancy experiments. Is that where the box was? Exactly. And Azrael begins like emptying out the box of stuff out over that table. And he's like, there's books and maps and charts. And he has parts of knickknacks that he's going to be working on. Uh, He waves a hand and summons like illusions of the people on the different sides. On one side is Warden Light and Zoe Legrand and Wolf the Troll. And Ishmael Blood Mountain, the stone giant. Those are the big figures on your enemy's side, I guess we've confirmed. And on the other side, he makes an image of him and you. And also, maybe I should just go talk to Ishmael and be like, yo, Ishmael, here's the, here's the deal. Recruiting is one possible option, and you should do it. But I'm going to be honest, there is a much simpler solution to this. Yeah? Assassination. <laughs> I'm not going to kill Ishmael. Not necessarily him, although maybe him. Here's the thing. If we just go into battle, we will lose. The angel is powerful. The giants are powerful. I am boneless and very squishy, as are you. Well, you probably have bones, but you are squishy. Yeah. So we cannot face them head on. The best plan would be to thin their numbers one by one with assassinations. Until eventually there are no more of them left, or they mount an attack on your mansion, during which they will be engaged with the skeletons, and you can sneak over there and destroy the spine. We win. I don't have many 
qualms about light, but I I don't like the idea of having to assassinate Zoe. I'm still hoping I can turn her over to my side. And as I said, uh, recruitment has its uses, but at some point, we're going to have to get our hands dirty. That's fine. And I would rather do it striking from the shadows than on the open field of combat in which we will be slain. (laughs) Oh, oh no, I definitely plan to do a lot of shit in the shadows. Oh, for sure. Azra has this, like, map of illusions on this, like, chessboard, basically, and he's he's going to add pieces as you help, and he's like, if you kill someone, I take off their piece. If you recruit someone, I put it on your side, and either eventually we have a winnable battle, or <laughs> they make the foolish first move, and you just turn into mist and float through them. <laughs> it's, it's a pretty good plan. I think I think we got this. I think we definitely have strength on our side, especially with um, you know, Ganny being on our side. I feel confident. Yes, this would be an entirely different proposition if he was physically here. Of course, summoning even a low-level demon requires planetary alignment and six virgins and it's Isn't he physically here? He's in a pocket dimension that is parallel. Okay. I mean, he may not be physically here, but I trust him to give me, you know, aid as far as power and advice. Yes, he he will no doubt help. He is helping right now. That is why you can shoot magic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Also, uh, if you want, this is like a giant mansion. If you'd feel safer, th- first of all, this workshop is yours. I don't got any use for it. Do I look like a scientist? We all know I'm not. This workshop is totally yours. You can come and go as you please, but if you'd like to come stay here so you don't get, like, snuck up on or some shit, <laughs> not only will the skeletons protect you, but, uh, remember my spooky ghost my sp- spooky ghost boy? You met him. He startled you. Mm-hmm. He can detect heartbeats, so I literally know if anybody's coming at all times. Yes, I would suggest the same, because apparently I have to work on a suitable replacement for the giant rainbow barrier. <laughs> yes, thank you. I appreciate that. That is also a very good excuse. Well, I do. Well, I do not have to be out there killing your friends. Like, I don't consider the warden my friend. He's never liked me, and I think it's because he's prejudiced against you know scary people. But whatever. Bum- I understood why he didn't like Bumbershoot, but I never did anything to him. He can fuck off. All right. So I'm going to get to work. Um, what are you going to do? I'm gonna recruit me some allies. Ah. I'm very glad you said so, because I have one final surprise for you. What that? He turns towards the door, and he doesn't say anything out loud because he communicates telepathically, but you get the sense that he just telepathically did the equivalent of saying, you can come in now, at which point a puddle slithers into the room. Uh, who, who is that? It is a... Water person, you you know who this is. It's you killed them and they're back for revenge. Have you forgotten? Wait, you let them in my house? Well, it was water. The guards did not know to look for it, and you cannot detect this heartbeat. So, uh, hello. Please do not drown me. <laughs> Azrael turns to you as the 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 stalker, just the the water person, is just standing there, and you can't tell where it's looking because it doesn't have a face, right? And it's it's just kind of at attention in a vague, creepy humanoid shape, and it's not moving. And Azrael says to you, "This figure is motivated only by two things: a thirst for revenge against the person who killed it, 
and a desire to move to the afterlife so it can be at peace. It has been unsuccessful so far in accomplishing the first. However, if you could help it accomplish the second, perhaps compromise, yes? Yes, but how do I know he's it's not going to try and kill me in my sleep? You do not. Lovely. <laughs> but I would rather have it on our side than attack you while you are in the middle of something. So I have communicated this arrangement. You bring down barrier, it goes to afterlife. Also, I didn't kill it on purpose. It does not remember that. It does not remember anything. <laughs> it is an impression of revenge. <laughs> you cannot reason with it, and it does not empathize with you. Okay. And does it understand that without me, it'll never move on to the afterlife? Yes, that is what I communicated. We are the only people who can help it. Well, sure. Why not? <laughs> Welcome to the fold, buddy. All right. Let's put our hands in. <laughs> Team Evil on three. One, two, three. Team Evil. <laughs> no, say it like you mean it. Team Evil. Every villain is lemons. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll work on the chair. <laughs> As always, I'd like to thank Overclocked Remix for our theme music, including Acoustic Jam at the Lucifer Alpha, arrangement of Biohazard from Snatcher, Vampire Spanker, an arrangement of Vampire Killer from Castlevania, and Destiny Forgotten, an arrangement of Simple and Clean from Kingdom Hearts. Executive producers for Dice Funk for the month of September 2017 are Kerstin Haslinger, Jade, Extellaris, Joseph Timbrello, The Cult of Gorfanax, Dr. Goatman, Irving Royale, Ken Fursell, Andrew Grothen, Paul Mullen, Levi the Young, Luke Powers, Michael Goodell, Brent, Kevin Dobbins, Anthony Sauvier, Ziphasurus, Elderly Goose, Salad Child, Sarah Stone, Thorsten Gross, Devin Smith, Castor UK, Aki Savalainen, Iso, The Paladin's Wife, Florian H., Charm Wilkie, Komano the Komenu, The Future Mr. and Mrs. Hadsel, Dominic Bowden, Melissa Nielsen, Don, Eugene T., Connor Reynolds, Sarah Likens, Pruitt Holcomb, Artemis BJJ, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in Bristol, Francois V., Shyness, Dennis Pancake Detlefsen, Ripter Stormwolf, Miko from Finland, Dennis Bangston, Josh Mosier, Dingo Van Dane, Allison Ansel, Sydney Marzing, Just a Jester, John Potts, Savard and Akrasimova, Brady Warner, Kitty Foe, James Neely, Marissa Donaldson, Melanie Joe, Lana Seawolf, Toby Gleason Stack, Ruby Offer, Matthew Weber, Sarah Hanley, Melissa Booker, Cameron Abbas, Dylan, Gary Sayon, Anna Stulfar, 
Sean, the host of Funk Dunk Plays, Giorgio Renna, Harrison Andrew, Kevin Seidlow, Christopher Charlo, Jorrit, Viger Arnston, Cody Jackson, August Rue, Athos, and Ingmar Gremmen. If you want to join this list and help support the show, you can find me at patreon.com slash austinyorski. You can also find Chris at patreon.com slash recap, and you can help support Laura by finding her work at kotaku.co.uk. If you want to help support the show indirectly, you can always find us on YouTube, Podbean, Google Play, iTunes, and probably like a hundred other places. And subscribe, comment, rate, share, or if you're listening to this in the far future, uploading it to your neural network. And if you're listening to this in the far, far, far future, I hope you're enjoying the HBO2 adaptation of this season, although I think it's strange they cast Shia LaBeouf Jr. in the role as Robin. Not my first choice, but I respect the artistic integrity of our alien overlords, who, I hope, will be resurrecting me shortly so that we can record season 8. That's the sex season.